Welcome to Binging the Force, a Star Wars rewatch podcast with the Rocky Mountain Fan Force. Tonight's episode, The Mandalorian, Chapter 10, <laughs> The Passenger. Uh, so we got Din and Baby Yoda on the move this week uh, with a cool new Star Wars character. Uh, such a great Star Wars character that John Favreau forgot to give her a name. Uh, but to break it all down, we've got a great panel of well-traveled Fandalorians, uh, starting with... Jefferson. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. We've got Michael up here. Greetings. Down here, Jonathan. That's me. I'm a Fandalorian as well. <laughs> and Die, Ice Spider, Die. <laughs> there, there's a theme here. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, and, this episode. Uh, and finally, our guest this week, we've got Shane. Hello. Welcome back, Shane. All right, guys. So, uh, viewer discretion advised. Uh, tonight's episode features the live action debut of the Nobby White Spider. Um, so uh, we've seen some uh, freaky creatures like that uh, before on, on Rebels, uh, you know, animated things. Um, and as well as some live action things like, you know, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, King Kong. Uh, but not all spiders you see on your TV or big screen are bad. Um, specifically, you've got people like Miles Morales, uh, Peter Parker. So... The, the Amazing Spider-Man. So my question uh, for you Spider fans tonight, this is not a Star Wars thing, but for you Spider fans, uh, what's your favorite depiction of Spider-Man on the big screen? I saw Michael twitching like the whole time you were talking about spiders. <laughs> I just need to say in advance here to let everyone know I am severely, famously arachnophobic. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to make it through this episode. Yeah. I, I don't watch the second Harry Potter film. I don't watch the second uh, uh, Hobbit film. Um, I I probably will be watching this like this the entire time. Right. Um, I know I did that the first time I watched it. I, I don't even like the word being used. So that's even you just saying it and referring to it. And I know there's no way that we're not going to say it throughout yeah. the entire freaking episode. So it's going to be lots of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you're going to be like this the whole time. <laughs> but even now I'm like, you know, wanting to do earbuffs and just even saying the word. I mean, you know, I, I tend to say like, you know, those things or eight legged creatures or, or something like that. You know, I, I don't even like the freaking word, <laughs> but having said that, we got to do what we got to do and I got to do what I got to do. So, you know, that, that can't stop anyone. There's no way to review this episode or discuss this episode without saying that. So, <laughs> so if you touch man to the end of it, is that more acceptable? Well, yeah. And, and I should specify, I mean, if it's very cartoony, if it, if it's very like non-realistic in a movie or TV show, that's fine. Like if it, if it, you know, like Charlotte's web or something like that, you know, like the cartoon, <laughs> I don't, the live action movie, I didn't even try. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how it's depicted in the live action movie was not even going to attempt it. Um, just cause this whole new thing of trying to make creatures like that, you know, photorealistic. If it's a photorealistic depiction of one of those creatures, I cannot do it. <laughs> It is not going to happen. <laughs> so here, the ice things, it, 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 it's on the edge. I mean, it, it's creepy enough. The motion of them, they put so much work into making the motion of them look realistic enough that it freaks me out. You know, it's, it's, it's not fantasy enough for it to be okay with me. <laughs> so yeah, Spider-Man 
fine. Love Spider-Man, watch every Spider-Man movie, everything. But like mm-hmm. the specific, like in the Tobey Maguire movie, the the close-up of the bite, not my favorite thing in the world. Okay. <laughs> so so is, is Toby uh, a favorite or do you have someone else in mind? Well, uh, Jonathan was going to jump in, so I didn't want to interrupt. Oh. You know, he he, he kind of threw it to me there, but he was going to say who what his favorite was. Sure. So I'll set the bar pretty high. I have been in a, an amazing Spider-Man fan uh, ever since I was probably about seven, eight years old when I got my first Spider-Man comic. Um, so I, I've been a fan a long time, um, even through those those terrible clone Spider-Man era of, of the comics. But um, when it comes so I was really excited when it came to movies coming out, right? Uh, Tobey Maguire ones, good. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man ones, uh, fine, they're okay. Uh, but like Tom Holland, Tom Holland's awesome. Right? You didn't even need an origin story, just boom, go with him. But I have to admit, like ever since, you know, I was a kid reading Spider-Man comics and like all there was was like the, the, the fun but cheesy Spider-Man cartoon on the sh- on uh, TV, like... Which one? Um, <laughs> the one where it's like static Spider-Man and then the moving background behind it. Right? Should do background. There we go. You're talking about the um, 90s one? Yeah, the, the 60s one. Oh, the um, 60s one. Okay. So, but yeah, I also watched, you know, Amazing Spider-Friends as well. But like for me, man, when I first saw in the theater Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like my mind was blown and I, I was just crying crying at the end because it was like, this is the movie that I didn't know that I wanted as a kid, but now here it is. And the ice cream, the, the whipped cream on top, Peter Porker and a spectacular spider ham. So that, <laughs> that is my, my favorite spider. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm with Jonathan. I, I think the two spider verse movies are probably my favorite. Spider-Man films. Um, although similarly to Jonathan, I I liked all of them ex- really except for Toby's third one. Is I think it's pretty pretty accepted that that's kind of the the lousy film in the overall series. But I love the Spider-Verse movies, and actually I really really enjoyed um, Tom Holland's third one, Doctor um, Strange one. Yeah, the one with Doctor Strange with yeah. the other two. I just I remember seeing it in the theater and I remember just having just this massive grin on my face the whole way through the movie. I just loved every second of it. It's just so fun. Yeah, yeah the whole thing's fan it's two hours of fan service. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and, and but they made it work, I thought. Yeah, I didn't say that, that it was of, a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um no, I'm not I'm generally I'm not this is a ridiculous statement, but I'm not generally a fan of fan service. But um, I thought they made it work in that movie, and I really enjoyed it. And actually, when I saw that, I had not seen the um, Andrew Garfield ones. Uh, but I still enjoyed the movie, and I understood which characters came from his his two movies, and I still really enjoyed the film. And that made me actually go back and watch. When you said you like all of them, I was like, okay, are you including the Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield ones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I hadn't seen them before, that, but I went and watched them after, and I, I thought they were fine. I didn't that didn't. The reason I didn't bother seeing them the first time was because they I knew that they were redoing the origin. And I thought, really, this this soon you're going to start over. I'm not going to bother with this. But but going back and watching them, I did enjoy the the films pretty well. I thought he did did well. And I liked his sort of cast of supporting characters and his villains were OK. I didn't like the way they did Electro and his 
movie. And I think they redeemed that in the, um, the, uh, is it far from home is the, uh, no, no way home. No way home. Yeah, no way home. yeah. yeah they def they definitely retcon the the character very much of yeah. Electro for yeah. No Way Home. Yeah, which yeah, is fine if you're going to fix it. If you're going to improve it, I don't have a problem with it. But if you made me, if you're making me pick one version, it's going to be the Spider Verse. Yeah, because I just I think those movies are they're just amazing, so to speak. So they're I love those. And spectacular. And spectacular. <laughs> Cool. Nice. Shane, how about you, man? Uh, so I'd have to go with uh, Tobey Maguire. Uh, you know, I'd say my favorite one would be Spider-Man 2. Uh, I really like Dr. Octopus in that movie. But also I sort of have like a Star Wars uh, note in my life sort of attached to that. So when I think I saw it back in around Celebration 3 and... The reason being is because it just, I think, recently came out that weekend or something like that. It was like opening weekend. So we saw it in Indy and saw it with some members of the RMFF. And I remember going and seeing it because it was rainy outside as, you know, just raining cats and dogs. Right. And and we ended up going and seeing Spider-Man 2. And I think uh, I can't remember who all went, but I just remember going and seeing it. It was sort of fun, you know, it's a Star Wars weekend, but, you know after the con, you know, you sometimes get that little break of time, you know, so yeah, I went and saw Spider-Man. I remember, too. I was there. Yeah. yeah, I was there too, yeah. Right. yeah. Good times. Awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And um, Dale, how, how about you, Dale? Where, where's your, your spider? I, I, was, I, I did not make it to, to that celebration, but um, Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, uh, I'd agree, that, that's my fave. Um, so I, I like the newer depictions, um, but I think um, those first two Spider-Man movies, it was like, um, it was a very serious look at the character. I mean, there's a lot of goofy things in Spider-Man comic books over the years, but, uh, and even, you know, some of the TV and animation uh, stories for Spider-Man, but, but seeing that we're like, wow, this is a, this is a legit uh, movie uh, character here. Uh, it's not, it's not corny at all. So it, it wasn't until later that you go back and think that, you know, maybe Peter Parker was kind of a jerk to a lot of people in his life, uh, but uh, those were very entertaining movies, so I liked them. Yeah, I, the the uh, Spider-Man is amazing. Spider Friends. Yeah, Peter Parker was kind of a jerk sometimes to his friends, and it's like he's good, has good quips at it, but like, yeah, not not the best role model for what we have nowadays. Um, but I, I do want to kind of echo what Jefferson's saying. You know, in in the Spider Verse movies, like I feel like both Miles and Peter B. Parker have like the best one-liners, the best quips in a situation, like using humor, like the, the writers really got Spider-Man when they're putting together those movies. So more love for Spider-Verse. Can't wait to, to see the last one. All right, Michael, can you narrow it down to one? Uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be the prevailing opinion that, I mean, in, Into the Spider-Verse is by far the best Spider-Man movie. In fact, uh, I, I was watching a podcast interview with James Gunn today uh, where he said he, he proclaimed it the best superhero movie of all time. I don't know that I would 100% go that far, but it's by far the best Spider-Man movie of all time. I mean, I'd put it in the top three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Wow. So, so little, little, I'll, I'll brag a little bit. The, the creator of Miles Morales uh, lives here in Portland. Mm -hmm. Bendis, yeah. As do, if you dropped a bomb on Portland, the entire comic book industry would pretty much collapse. <laughs> we've got, we've got almost everybody here. 
Wow. So Dale, remind me in this episode, does does when it's ice spiders bite Mandalorian and he gets like spider powers, right? Isn't that what happens here? Uh, we're you're just gonna have to stay tuned to to find out. So. And I, I'm joined by Din Grogu tonight. So oh, oh, look at there, hi Kitty. Is that a new kitty for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, awesome. Kitty. Hope she likes. Hope she's not scared of uh, massive eight-legged creatures. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got some added commentary there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many cats does that represent in your household? Uh, it's still four. Only okay. four. Yeah. <laughs> One per person. Ah. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So should we get uh, through the web here and, and into the, the Spider-Verse of Star Wars? <laughs> All right. Previously on The Mandalorian. The the recap's interesting that it shows that zero that droid um, mm -hmm. that's been you know wiped out. You thought his story was over. Well, I mean, generally the point of the recap is going to be to give us this is all the stuff you need to know to understand what you're about to watch. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're just reminding us of oh yeah, remember that guy from yeah things that'll be relevant to to what we're going to see in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Right. I thought that was a cool looking droid, and it was kind of a bummer that. Mm -hmm. You know, he got he got taken out. Um, all the all the other characters from that, you know, ended up in jail or or blown up, I guess. But yeah, but would you bother putting a droid in jail? <laughs> you think you just wipe their mind and just start over? Right? Yeah, it seems like. I mean, I'm, right. there are all kinds of ethical questions come up, I suppose. Yeah, but wasn't it in one of the episode in season three where there's the droid bar and they all sort of act like people? That right. was a weird one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait until we get to that one where it's like big moral discussions about droid rights. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and solo. Yeah. Same conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his quest in the whole, the whole point of the last episode, right. Was, was he was trying to find out information about Jedi and he ended up on that planet and that's when he saw the armor. And so once he saw the armor, it then became about obtaining that armor. But I believe that's still the, the ongoing quest is to find mm. out information He's trying to return the baby to his people, basically. Yeah, if there's a prevailing theme through the whole series, it's that he is really easily distracted. Yeah. <laughs> it's all these side quests for, for his ongoing purpose. But the ongoing purpose as it stands right now is he's trying to find out jet where Jedi are. Yeah. Right. Who are Jedi? Where are Jedi? He's trying to return the baby to his people. That was the that was the quest that he was sent on by the armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can't go too fast, right? We've got a whole season to fill here. <laughs> the the big takeaway from that last episode is is that Boba Fett helmet there on his bike. That's his bounty. You know, right. that's all we accomplished really last week. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I have to say, when I well after this episode, I was really disappointed because they, you know, they make you wait for that payoff for Boba Fett later and you know, just take some time. And I was just so frustrated with this episode. Perfect. Not that it's not a good episode, it's just I wanted something else. Yeah. yeah, it's in the way of, of getting Boba Fett back on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So how is he not like decapitated or like cut in half right here? Because he's because the rope and he's wearing and he's wearing best bar armor. Well, and it's his that's it's his name in the in the titles. So we can't we can't cut it. <laughs> I like name. the fact that it showed like you know he already is getting so much better with that jetpack that he just yeah. wired. I mean yeah. although we keep finding out that there's like bigger gaps in between seasons and between episodes than what we knew before. Mm -hmm, so right. I mean I don't remember if they've established 
how much of a gap it is between the first and the second set of episodes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that it matters that Like immediately after, right? Or oh, between episodes? I, I I think between eight and nine, there's probably a significant breach of time. Yeah, between between yeah. Se- between seasons, I think it's maybe closer to a year, and then between season two and three. We were it's told a, it's supposed to be two years. Yeah, at least. I think it was supposed uh, to be several years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're saying, uh, I think Fabro said it's been five years since the start of Mando to yeah. the end of season three. So. Interesting. So we're already now like 10 years past uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But those those Nicktoes still have it out for uh, Baby Yoda. Just like <laughs> in the very first episode. They really, they really want him. <laughs> So it makes you wonder, what do they do in their spare time and all these years in between? You know, are they just like chilling somewhere? Like, what are they doing? Or do they have a list of like uh, goals and objectives and grievances that like you know, <laughs> we can we can shift our resources back to this one because we've now got an opportunity again? Well, I mean, the the Mandalorian, he's a freelancer, right? And and speaking as a freelancer myself, you do have sometimes long stretches of time where there's just nothing going on. And that would make a really boring TV show, I have to tell you. So, um, I mean, I I paint, so maybe he does. Maybe he has a hobby. I don't know. So he just lost his jetpack, which I, he now gets it back. But yeah, yeah. We, we just we just established that it does take some training to know how to use a jetpack. Because I'm like, that guy just took off the jetpack. Like, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> it's like well, he took off in the jetpack, and he didn't. Maintain the jetpack. Yeah, <laughs> now the jetpack just landed on its own. I, I love the look that Baby Yoda gives him there, like this little devilish grin. I was just going to say the same thing. That that puppet is amazing. It's really yeah. expressive. Yeah, it, it it's like the like a mogwai. You know when mm-hmm. when they were up to mischief and whatnot. Sure. Yeah, we all fell in love with it just uh, just as we're falling in love with uh, Shane's kitty there. Right. <laughs> It's the um, eyes. It's those huge eyes. They. Uh, I'm trying to stay those. muted. So yeah, no, I, I caught the Jeremy yourself because we can hear the kitty. <laughs> yeah. So poor Mando here has got to be sweating his balls off. I mean, he's sure. walking in the desert in that armor with all that weight. That is brutal. Well, yeah. is the armor air conditioned? Does does Beskar reflect heat? <laughs> well, he probably has some Because you can do that type of stuff with your actual armor. Yeah. If you want, I know people have done fans, like other types of cooling things. Yeah, because whenever he's taking his helmet off, I'm like, there's no way he's looking that good under that helmet. Sure. <laughs> right. Kind of like in the um, the Batman movies, when Batman takes off his mask, magically yeah. his hair is perfect. And right. He doesn't have that makeup around his eyes anymore. Yeah. Well, or better, better example, Katie Sackhoff. Well, we haven't mm-hmm. gotten her yet, but <laughs> when we get to Katie Sackhoff in live action here, taking on and off her helmet all the time, and her hair is exactly the same no matter what. Yeah. So, so we're back with uh, what's her name again? Pelly. Pelly. Yep. Amy Sedaris, and she plays the Bach. So. Her hair looks a little bit like she's been wearing a helmet all day. Yeah. yeah, that's what it should look like taking yeah. off the helmet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was looking up the name of this uh, character she's playing Sabak with. Yeah. Of course, he looks like an ant. Dr. Mandible. Yeah. Dr. Mandible. Yeah. Mm. Hilarious. Really, Star Wars? Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. like Mon Calamari, right? Isn't that right. a character from the comics or the books, I think? Probably. Uh, Why um, the, the, the species is in the Dark Nest novel, mm. uh, but this is the first time that. We see him on screen, and this is another episode directed by 
uh, Peyton Reed, the Ant-Man director. So uh, oh, nice. I guess they thought a, a giant praying mantis in the cantina looks ridiculous, but giant ant. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Well, and that dude's name was Kitty Kak Kak or something right. like that. <laughs> what a random name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure his solo series is in development. Right. Yeah. I would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, a giant praying mantis could be a horror movie. You know? Oh, that's right. I guess he's he's not just trying to find the Jedi. He's also still now trying to find since all the man since his tribe basically his Mandalorian tribe mm -hmm. got scattered. He's now mm -hmm. trying to find them as well. Find them too. Yeah, I mean, and consider like in in the where we are in the overall storyline right now. How did he even know where to start with finding other Jedi? Because, I mean, Luke Skywalker's existence probably isn't common knowledge. Right. I mean, I think he's just asking people. I mean, Yeah, exactly. So he's yeah. got his work cut out for him. Yeah. With the Mandalorians, at least he knows kind of some of the ways to look for them, some of the signs mm -hmm. and some of the hidden messages and, you know, people that they would work with or, or people that they, you know, have contact with and stuff like that. Right. And, and they all wear the same helmet so they stand out in a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So think about it this way. So, you know, they say that takes place a year or so at a time. Yeah, it's how long it's taking. Well, we just get the highlights of that time, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could be out there for months going planet to planet to yeah. planet asking, right? Yeah. Well, and that's what I think we can assume is that between the end of episode eight and the beginning of episode nine, that he's been out for at least a year or a couple of years, like, you know, and we've, there's just been dozens of these kind of adventures that we just didn't see. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Here we get the introduction of Frog Lady. <laughs> it's another Frog great... I'm, I'm not sure how much of this is a puppet and how much is CG, but it's a great character, the way they they make these utterly alien creatures so oh, expressive. Right. This is the episode that we established that the baby is a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that. He just doesn't know any better. He he was excited about the uh, the meat there until eggs showed up. But Right. Um, I mean, this but, is where we established that, that this cute, cuddly creature that we've all fallen in love with has a has a dark side yes yeah. well maybe it's just mischievous not isn't, necessarily dark yeah but isn't that what right. the whole star wars saga is about really is about even the nice ones really have a dark side mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah but apparently pelly has had crate dragon meat before mm -hmm. so it must not be super rare but you know something like you know uh wagyu or uh, kobe beef you know it's mm -hmm. not super rare it's medium rare that's actually <laughs> right yeah yeah, when when Arby's is selling Wagyu beef burgers, I think the the term has lost its meaning. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's the silliest way to cook it though. Like they got to cut it into smaller pieces because there's no way you're getting the inside of that. Uh, it's charred in the outside. So he, wrong so he just agreed to transport this lady to basically and her eggs. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think wasn't there a thing that it's like she's one of the last of her people or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And, and Grogu's eating all the eggs. Right. Well, yeah, she's transporting herself and her and her children, her her, her eggs. Uh, but he basically agreed to do that for Pelly. <laughs> what is he getting out of it? She's she's got information for him or something. Something like that, some sort of trade that she offered him that you know mm -hmm. he agreed to do this job. I mean, that's that's his that's his currency is is yeah. you know, doing jobs for people and either taking people out or or hunting bounties or or transporting here. And he was mm -hmm. like, "I'm not a taxi service," but he agreed to it. But yeah, uh, the baby just keeps eyeing those eggs, man. <laughs> yep, Pelly was kind of a fast talker there, and you know 
pulled the fast one on him. And, oh, you've got to take this lady. Very important. Well, she's the huckster. I mean, that's that is, that is her trade. I mean, he needs me. He said, "Give one of those eggs. Put a little salt on it. It'll be delicious." Mm. Mustard. Oh, Grogu, you're such a bad kid. It, it's pretty dark if you think about it. I mean, if we could understand what Frog Lady was saying. Yeah, it is. And and what's funny is like, so here they're they're building up to it. They're trying to, they're tricking us. They're making us think, oh, look, he's he's fascinated by life in all of its forms. <laughs> he's just so in tune with the force. But no, he's just hungry. No, he's just he's just obsessed with lunch. Yeah. Yeah. He's just <laughs> and there's our Star Wars toilets. Yeah. <laughs> is that the first ever Star Wars toilet? Uh yeah, but we saw it in season one. Yeah, but I mean nobody else. Dude. Nobody else has one. There's no we never see the toilet in the Millennium Falcon or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. He just ate it. He just he didn't take him. it out of his mouth, did he? Like no. let him eat one of her children. <laughs> well, it's not fertilized yet. I mean, it's just like like a chicken egg or something. Is it? I, I didn't remember. We don't know. No, it's they're not fertilized yet. She's they're picking the eggs to her husband to be fertilized. Oh, and then, oh okay. Yeah, okay. That makes it a little less awful, I guess. Yeah. A <laughs> little, yeah, little, so little less awful. Sorry, my baby ate your egg. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't you maybe you miscounted when you put them in there. Right, right. Yeah. Right. When when she gets the jar back later, she doesn't have a number in her head. Oh, that looks about right. Right, oh, this is our first introduction of uh, Rangers of the Republic people. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we haven't met these guys before, right? This is the but, first time we we did season season one. Oh, okay, there so season one at the very the end of um, the episode. They they blew up the the base. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Uh, oh that, right, that, that, that was that the, heist, the heist episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Deborah Chow was supposed to come back as cameo as well, but she was shooting Obi Wan when they were shooting this so yeah, when you say cameo you mean being as a director of of, of the show yeah right yeah she did she directed i believe the entire season of of uh of obi-wan which is unusual for any directors of these series to be directing mm -hmm. all the episodes of a series right i mean i think part of that is because the obi-wan series had been planned as, a, as an actual movie that they then split up into a series right right and no, these it, two we're supposed to be in Rangers of the Republic, which right. with Cara which Dune and that got canceled. Yep, yep. The okay. spinoff that was supposed to happen around Cara Dune. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is a pretty interesting interaction because it's like what seems to be the problem, officer. Like having mm -hmm. the conversation, right, right, with with a, a deputy or something uh, while you're still driving. Yep. Well, yeah, and it kind of it, and it gives us that. Um, the, the Republic is, they're trying to be the police force and they're trying to run the galaxy. But it, the impression I get is that they're not doing that good a job. You know, they're they're stretched too thin and they don't have enough. Right. I think they probably do a very, very, except, they probably do a very effective job in the inner core. It's right. in the outer rim where it's basically the wild, wild west that they're trying to police it, that it's, that it's a whole nother thing. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, like you say, it's, 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 it's a wider area to patrol the outer rim and it's a lot of planets. It's a lot of crime. It's a lot of outlaws. It's, you know, they're not nearly as effective. Sure. So they, they recognize him as from the prison episode, right? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yep. And that was Dave Filoni. There was yeah, a, that's yeah. what I was going to say, Filoni. <clears throat> As yeah. the character Trapper Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> you suppose uh, he made up that name himself? I bet he did. Right? 
I, I like how they switch their comms to channel two. Uh, I, I just watched uh, Smokey and the Bandit this past weekend. The same kind of thing. Like, oh, don't be on this channel. Switch right. it up here and have a private conversation. <laughs> but this is some good chasing. I, I like good this chasing. action in the middle of the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's good Star Wars flying and atmosphere, which you didn't get, you didn't get hardly any of in the original trilogy. So yeah. this was good, uh, good chases. Yeah, yeah we had stuff you couldn't do in the seventies. No, exactly. Not with the all the um, the clouds and stuff in the background. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's nice that the series still, even on a TV budget, which is granted, it's a high TV budget, but they they maintain a very consistent level of quality with the with the films. Oh yeah, you know, it all looks the same in terms of the quality of the visuals. And we're on an ice planet. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> those those. Diverse Star Wars ecosystems. Right. Desert planets, ice planets. That's pretty Jungle much. planets. Um, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Well, like in the X-Wings, you've got their targeting computers, right? Mm -hmm. A little call back there to original trilogy. Yeah. Still looks the same, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a, there's, there's a theory or, or you know, an extrapolation you can make from it that, yeah, most of the planets on the Outer Rim are going to be either desert or ice planets, because it's rare to have that perfect mix of, you know, where you'd have a lush green planet sure. like an Endor or a Naboo. And when you do, they're going to be extremely valuable and probably have like, you know, uh, uh, people like, you know, the people who live on Naboo because you've got a rich planet at that point. You know, whereas right. you've got all these planets that don't have a lot of people on them because it's either deserts or... or uh, right. Well, and, and think of how massive the galaxy is and yeah. how many types of... Just gas giants are everywhere, iceberg, whatever planets, you know. Yeah. I, so one thing you need about uh, go ahead. I was just say things are going from bad to worse for poor Mando. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one one thing unique about the Razor Crest is uh, the damage this thing takes on. It really gets beat up throughout this series. Oh, in, yeah. in the films, you have things like the Falcon that they get damaged, but it's it's really a scratch. They they can still fly, but this thing gets gets the crap beat out of yeah, him. He's, he's really good repairman. I mean, heck, he gets this thing up and going. Like, yeah, but he doesn't have to keep going back to Pelly, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not. He can he's get it. Got a very lucrative franchise in fixing his ships. <laughs> yes, it, it it takes a village to keep that thing space worthy. I think. Mm -hmm. Well, this would be a, power. This would be a bad planet for her. I mean, if she's a lizard lady, cold blooded. Oh man, right. she's right. Gonna last long. There you go. Get some blankets. Keep Frog Lady warm. Yep. And yeah, we don't ever know learn her name, right? She's the passenger with the Frog Lady. Named after yeah, her. in a rare situation, he doesn't speak her language. So I mean, they we they've normally sidestepped that problem for the most part. You know, with all these different races, that there's that there's at least some common commonality. You know, standard language that they that they mm -hmm. can all understand each other. And you know, they might have their own languages, but then they have common tongues that they they can each speak. And they we establish here that she does not speak anything that he that he can speak. Mm -hmm. and, he and that's that's out. neat that makes the the story more fun that he can't understand her yeah yeah and more realistic too you know always <laughs> gonna have a common language or you know a droid like c-3po right and, and it's a western trope as well it's the, the the having to traverse you know across the western you know fields or the you know trying to travel on a, on a covered wagon you know transporting a you know a, a, a lady and her baby you know right a precious cargo yeah Mm -hmm. 
like she can understand him. It's interesting that he he's he's still kind of speaking out loud, which benefits us as the audience. But it's like, is there is there really a reason to do that if she can't understand him? He has no idea whether whether the baby understands him. So him actually verbalizing things as it's going along is really purely for our benefit. Right. Well, I mean, he previous to the start of the series, he probably spent a lot of time by himself in his ship, and I bet he talks to himself. I'm not saying that I talk to myself all day when I'm here by myself, but I'm not saying I don't either. <laughs> so I like how she hasn't even noticed yet that anything is missing. Right. And and it was nice of, of Mando to pack the little bento box lunch for all classes mm-hmm. of passenger here. Yeah. So they all get a little snack. Yeah, that's so, nice. The razor crest reminds me a little bit of what cousin Eddie's uh uh mobile home would look like you know on the inside <laughs> uh, here we go yeah it's a wreck yeah she realized an idea that's did, does anybody know is is frog lady a puppet or a cg creation no there there's an actor in there uh misty okay. rosas uh right, is, okay. is the actor and uh d bradley baker does the voice so. right but I mean, all those facial expressions are pretty good. It's probably a mix of, of yeah, animatronics. A lot of times dry. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Misty Rose, uh, Rosas, right? Mm-hmm. She also played the uh, Ugnot character. Mm-hmm. Oh, Quill. Yeah, the one that okay. uh, Nick Nolte did the voice for. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Nick Nolte was the voice, but she was actually in the bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's probably a mix of. They probably do as much as they can with a costume, and then they'll they'll enhance it with with animation yeah i know john favreau does have a preference for trying to do things practical when sure mm-hmm. sure and then i think like the like the the assumption is that using cg is cheaper but i don't think it actually is it really depends it's it's yeah. really always a mix it's 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 always about what's the right tool for the job and mm-hmm. so here in, in our plot it's the, the moment of crisis mando's ready to give up you know he's like man the, these obstacles these challenges are too much to overcome but she's like, all right, you got to hold to your word, Mando. The Mandalorian code. Get us out of <laughs> this mess. Yeah. yeah. She, 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 you got to miss it. Mission. I've got I've to get my babies. Yeah, well, she, she brings that up, the Mandalorian code. But I thought the Mando code was like, hey, if it's you're fighting someone to settle an argument, it's got to be one-on-one uh, thing. But there's probably more to it. I mean, there's more a lot of bounty hunters. In, in it's... It's whatever the writers need it to be. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the first rule of Mando Code is you do not talk about Mando Code. Right. Well, and you know, in his defense, this is looking pretty bleak. I can see why he would just throw his hands up at this point and say, you know what? How the hell are you going to fix this? I mean, yeah. I'm impressed that he does fix it, but right. yeah. Yeah. yeah well, just a toolbox. Come on. He's yeah. stranded in the middle of an ice planet, literally sure. miles deep in the in an ice planet. Right. Yeah. Well, at least the cave's empty. You know, there's nobody there to bother him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in the end. Maybe she's an engineer and she knows what they need to fix to get it going. I think you need a little bit more than that, like Grogu using the Force or something. I mean, come right. on. Yeah, this is... A lot of duct tape in that uh, toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah, I don't know that the force in this situation is going to be that helpful. I mean, it's not like a scalpel in terms of like you know fixing stuff engineering wise. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, look at that giant crack. You need someone to sort of straighten that thing out. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit. All, all you need 
is an AT montage. <laughs> right. That is definitely what he needs at this yes. point. Oh, he yeah. needs Quill. He needs Quill. That's who he needs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Between Quill and Pelly, he 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 goes to people for repairs a lot. I sure. Mean, yeah. yeah. He's well, got his, the support of, staff. He is not flying a top of the line, fresh off the line model. <laughs> well, the Jawas did sort of mess him over when uh <laughs> yeah. he used Quill's help. Oh, where'd she go? Yeah. Well, yeah I love the look vision, helmet vision. Mm -hmm. Of his yeah. armor, so cool with the the frost on it. Mm -hmm. That's a nice detail, I think. Yeah. What What's that as seen on TV product where you can just like slap it on there and it'll fix the cracks and it's watertight? Flexi uh, <laughs> steel or yeah. That's it. Yep. Or like a spray and spray it closed. You know? Sure. Yeah. I'm sure he's got some of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great looking episode too with this yeah. limited color palette, all the blue and white. Well, you know, they can easily do this in the, um, was it the dome or whatever they call it? You know, The volume, their, yeah, the volume. their digital soundstage, yeah. But, I mean, they, they, like Michael was saying, it's it's the right tool for the job. It's a tool that they've, they're using effectively. So the best thing they can do is make me not notice what tool they're using. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, effects are only effective if, you, if you're not noticing them. Right. If yeah. you're noticing it, then they didn't then do it. It failed, well. yeah. Yeah, I, I I picked up on all these um, these transitions, the different wipes, and there was a fade and thing. But is there a single scene so far we've seen tonight that looks like it was on a, a soundstage and not uh, out in the wild? No, I can't tell. Yeah, I'm I'm, and I mean less so since we're jabbering about it. But, but when watching these episodes for the first time, I'm totally committed to them. I, I don't, I, I I can lose myself in them pretty easily. I'm not often reminded <laughs> that I'm watching a TV show. Oh, and he's just thinking soup, man. Soup. It's soup. No, no, mm, this is a terrible idea. Soup. It's like bobbing for apples. He just wants yeah. to go in after the eggs. Well, they're warm now, you see. <laughs> she needs to put some of that, that warm liquid inside mm. that container. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I'll help. Lunch. <laughs> well, you know, that, that container... Uh, Keep some warm. You never know. You would. You I, I, I mean, obviously, it was important to her for herself and for the eggs to get them warm. So I really like this this development for for Grogu that that he's he's not just this perfectly nice and sweet creature because he's so cute that if he were also like flawless of character, it would be too much. He'd be too saccharine. So having him have a bit of a, a mean streak, I think, is kind of nice. I mean, it makes sense. He's, developmentally, he's like the mind of a toddler. You know? Right. He doesn't know any better. He's going to go over there and investigate and mm -hmm. obviously get into trouble. I, when I saw this first time, I'm like, man, could you uh, reference Alien so hard? I know. It's serious <laughs> Alien reference here. Should jump up and just grab onto his face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. And again, he's making food. All right. Yeah, we're not. We don't have a problem with him eating these, though. This is fine. They're gross. <laughs> right. I mean, gross. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like it's pretty tasty, though. He's enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the way there's like the the entrails coming off, it, it's kind of like the, uh, the the pods in Gremlins. You know, when the when the Mogwai hatch out, mm -hmm. um, what those look like. Yeah. Or the the eggs in in Alien. Okay. Right. How to produce a podcast while not <laughs> looking at the show? Well. 
So I'll be in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I intentionally left all of them off of our, our image for, for the episode. I'm like, they're Thank there, you. but you don't have to see them. Now that that is freaky and creepy all at the same time. Yeah, and it just it 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 just skin crawl feeds into the sort of the one thing after another ep, uh, nature of this episode. He just he cannot yeah. catch a break. Yes, that's so hey, nice lady. of him to grab the eggs. Yeah, yeah. okay, lady. Hot tub time is over. Yep, spa day has passed. <laughs> <laughs> She gets dressed in a hurry. She sure does. And look at him. He's turning his back. He's so, uh, so valiant. Yeah, this is not looking good. Yeah. The, the big one running, coming out of not the... running. I, wow. Come on now. Because you're so afraid. You're like, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he have his jetpack with him? I mean, come on. Well, he didn't think he was going to need it. He's in a cave. Uh, fair True. enough, but. But there's glaciers around. You can fall into one, you know? Yeah. So I take it this is like the queen. Those are all her little baby eggs. Yeah. I mean, it's Maybe. very much an alien's reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I think this is the first time we see the different different sizes. Like in Rebels, I feel yeah. like they were all just... Uh, they were like, uniform. Yeah, they were pretty big uniform ones. in size. And in the, the second Ewok movie, there was a big spider there, too, but... Just was one. it the same design or was it different? Because I know this is from an old Ralph McQuarrie painting is where this design originally came from. Right. Dif different different design. Um, yeah, this was supposed to be something for that was on Dagobah. But I think when they got mm -hmm. to shooting that, like they didn't really focus on any of the creatures in the, in the swamp. You know, you see Not like really. the, the bog wings in the background and lizards and whatnot. But mm -hmm. it, so that's cool. Frogley started like running on all fours. Yeah, I know. Kind of leaping yeah. a little bit, you know. Like a frog. Yeah. It's a good thing you packed those little explosives to go yeah, down the cave. Yeah. You kind of have to ask yourself, though, where, where are you running to, Mando? You, you're running into your broken ship that, that is not going to help you escape? Uh, it's right. some sort of shelter. That, yeah, I'd mean, rather be inside the ship than outside the ship. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he has a whole cache of weapons, too. Yep, lock the door and hope they don't have blasters. Right. Oh, there we go. Kerbluey. Yeah, flamethrower is a pretty good bug spray. Yeah. <laughs> Too many of them, though. Yeah. This is, I don't know that, that Star Wars ever gets more horror movie than this. True. Right. This is, I think, that, and I don't think, I don't know that it should either. I you think you got is, my vote. Yeah. <laughs> even this is, I remember thinking at the time, this is maybe a little much for, for Star Wars. Yeah, like this is not a scene that's designed for kids. Right. But they are I mean definitely what what, what from the Alien franchise they're drawing from the second Alien film which is much more of an action film than a yeah. than a horror film. Yeah, definitely. It makes alien, me wonder. Aliens. Yes, they're inside the room. Cuz they they reference uh Project Necromancer, right? Eventually. And it makes me wonder if they'll ever do like a, a zombie stormtrooper type of deal like because they've, they've had a book about that in the past mm -hmm. right so i could see him doing something like that you know yeah but i think they probably at the same time they want to keep the tone as as all ages as they can i think i think they know they've got to understand who's buying all the toys that 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 subsidize this mm -hmm. 
Well, I bought that toy. There's like a little Grogu toys that you could buy at like the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Like this big. And I did buy one that was of, of Grogu here with a little spider on his head. <laughs> nice. Because it's cute and freaky at the same time. Yeah, yeah, make sure to put that away when Michael comes over to your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have to think that they, they've got a, a question, how much peril to put Grogu in, you know? Mm -hmm. Should the spider be right on top, you know, biting or, you know, anything like that? Yeah, and then like for that, particular scene they used it sort of i mean i don't want to say comedy relief but kind of comedy relief with, right. with it, it's on his head and then he shoots it off so they're they're they are they're steering towards action more than horror here yeah but it's still pretty horrific yeah just because i mean michael's not the only person in the world who's who uh, has a problem with creatures like this mm-hmm yeah. See, I'm so impressed this thing is able to fly. I know. <laughs> or at least just barely. Oh. Oh. See, that's just not fair. That is. That not could have been a fine ending to this sequence. Mm -hmm. And he's and he's out. He's safe. But much like in Aliens, they think they're safe. And then the, the big one shows up and yeah. then gives us another half hour of movie. So he's got to be like Ripley. He's got to go find like the, the, the power loader and go fight this thing. Right. I think the Razor Crest is his power loader. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. So, like, this could have been it for them. Like, if, if you know, Deus Ex Machina doesn't show up and blast this big spider, like, they could have been toast. You, you don't think Mando could have handled them? I mean, heck, he took out the whole crate uh, dragon by himself. I don't know. He's not yeah, as bait here. But what's nice is that this isn't entirely out of nowhere because we've already established that those two X-Wing pilots are on the planet looking for him. Well, yeah. But still, they, they do have excellent timing. Yeah. yeah. And he is making a lot of noise, so it's probably they, <laughs> they found him pretty easily. How long did he stay in the cockpit there that they were able to set up that many webs uh, throughout the cabin of, of the ship? Well, Takes as long as we need it to take. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely a lot of them. <laughs> yes, there were. All right, Mike, he wants to tell you when all the spiders are gone? That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're almost done. They're then almost I'd be done. sure that you're lying to me. You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't do that to you're me. To well, us. I wouldn't. These guys might, but I wouldn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. literally, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. or Yeah, Lord of the Rings overall fan will not watch the second Hobbit movie, which I know is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I completely missed out on smog in that movie because I won't watch that movie. Well, you know, there's a there's a fast forward button. Yeah, you have to actually see stuff to do that. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what, Michael? Here's what I'll do for you. I'll figure out the timing all for you. I'll figure out how far you need to go into the movie to to skip that whole scene. Yeah. Just just stick to the Bashki versions. Those those spiders are I pretty love cool. the Bashki versions because yeah, that didn't bother me at all. Yeah. They have faces and they talk and and they're, yeah. and they're goofy. Yes. So you're you're good. They're just chit chatting about uh, you did some bad things in that prison episode, which is some good things too. So yeah, let you they, off with a warning. Yeah, they they really give him uh, credit for his good deeds, but they still completely, you know, ditch him on this isolated planet. It's not like there's a you know auto parts store down the road. We saw nothing there besides snow. right. <laughs> One of well, them I mean, that, a little bit had the same head as R five there. Yeah. Well, and that's the price he pays. You know, if they're gonna let him off with a warning, they're gonna they're not gonna help him out. You got to fix your own flat. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I 
He's wow. called Triple A. What a mess. Yikes. Do you think he, he ever regrets his life? He's just standing there looking at the ship, like, you know, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's like, now what? We're alive, but mm -hmm. I still got to fix the ship. <laughs> But he's got a solution. Is she noticing the the jar is lighter? <laughs> so we've actually just referred to a bathroom and called it the privy. So yeah. of course, all Star Wars takes place in England. Yes, <laughs> that's what the Imperials called it because they're British, yeah. right? Oh, there there was your montage. Your yeah, here's your A team yeah, montage. Here's your A team yes. sequence. Yeah. yeah. This got to get it up in the air. If I remember right, everything. The only thing that's pressurized is the cabin. That yeah, he just referred to that that in order to, that he's pressurizing the 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 main cabin because that's the only thing he can do that with because the rest of the hull is so damaged. So she so he said to her, you know, if you if you have to use the restroom, use it now. <laughs> Take, wow. take the kick and it takes a lick and keeps on kicking. I know, but for how much longer? Yeah, I, I like the the turbulence shows up in Grogu's ears, wobbling back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, a little wobbly there. <laughs> you think? Yep. If someone shoots at us, <laughs> or or if the door gets sucked off its rails, I like that. Yeah, yeah. The ship you're fully expecting by the time they get to where they're going, it's going to be just like the end of uh, the Blues Brothers when they arrive and then the whole thing just falls to pieces. Grogu's <laughs> like, "I'm hungry. You got any more eggs?" Such a bad kid. You're, you're kind of covering it, covering it up. It's like yeah. it's not going to happen, little guy. Too late, lady. Oh, snappy! He got yeah, one. Of course, he's got one. Yeah, one more for the road. <laughs> I like how they I don't even really up. ever apologize yeah. for that either. They just, yeah, he ate all those eggs. That is a seriously beat up trash. It, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Directed by Peyton Reed, director of uh, Ant Man. Ant Man. Yeah. All three. Well, of I've driven cars like that. I get where he's coming from. You know, you just try to drive it running. until it falls apart. Okay, did I have yeah. to stop it at that point? No, I did not. But, but you've chosen to, and we respect <laughs> your choice. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see any more uh, concept art of yeah. legged creatures. Yes. But basically, yes, it's the Star Wars family truckster. It uh, takes uh -huh. the licking, but it's <laughs> back on the road. <laughs> oh, wow. Or Overall, another... good episode, fun episode, creepy episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Aliens is one of my all-time favorite movies, so seeing Star Wars meets Aliens was kind of fun. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Like I said, it sort of caught me off guard first time I saw it. I wasn't expecting yeah. such a different type of episode, but mm -hmm. it was really fun, though. Yeah, and that's... I mean, going, too, right? Like, yeah. you're first like, okay, well, they got out of there. It's like, no, more. No, more Spider-Man. Well, and it's nice that Star Wars can keep surprising us, you know, considering the, the sheer number of hours that, that there are to that they've produced, they can still come up with stuff like this that we go, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. 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 That, 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 that prison episode in the first season, you know, at the time you thought, oh, this is the Star Wars version of horror because it was the the lighting and the and the quick cuts and whatnot. But yeah, this is the real, you know, creature mm -hmm. feature, which we really right. haven't hadn't seen before in this franchise. 
Yeah, and we're assuming that he got all the spiders, right? Like, are we sure that there's not one hanging out in the hole? Oh it should be sucked out into space, right? <laughs> uh, like an alien. They didn't lay some eggs somewhere? It, it went into the refresher, so that little room is pressurized, <laughs> only to return in season four. Right. <laughs> Crawl right out Mando's butt. Yeah, yeah. Well, good thing I made the Razor Crest at home then. Yes. <laughs> I am not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> We're here to freak you out. Awesome. <laughs> um, so we actually have uh, viewers, uh, and they've been making comments, and I kind of missed all of them. So let's uh, yeah. take a look at awesome. that. Awesome. What, what are some of the comments here? Yeah. So uh, I think this was just a hello. It was just uh, Rich Brendel just saying, Chut, Chut, Boyos. Is that uh, someone's friend? <laughs> That's mine. Okay. I'm, anyway. I'm responsible. <laughs> and then I wholeheartedly disagree with this comment from Rob. Uh, spiders are people too. Uh, no, no, they're not. <laughs> well, they're, some, they're in fact arachnids. <laughs> when he's like using the flamethrower on them. Sorry, spiders. No. And uh, back to Rich. Uh, I'm with Dale and I don't like Miles in Spider-Verse. He's a punk kid who doesn't care about consequences. <laughs> Miles well, is the coolest. Miles is, a, is for a new generation. You know, they had to find a way to make Spider-Man relevant for not my generation. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that Miles is a great way to make him multicultural, to make him cool, but also to kind of pass that baton on from regular Spider-Man to, you know, Miles from the ultimate, ultimate universe. Right. And then bring him forth here, right? Like, there's my so so my son he's he's black he loves Miles Miles is his Spider-Man. My Star Wars not necessarily the prequels. That's okay. Maybe Spider-Man is that same kind of menu like I talk about for Star Wars. So. And, and your son in a in a Miles Spider-Man mask is the cutest thing in the freaking world. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean to me across the Spider-Verse, the new one that just came out to me is is like hits all the cylinders. It really appeals to so many different demographics appeals to so many different fan types and everything you know it, it just really has something for everybody you know for parents for kids you know for, mm -hmm. for for people across genders and races and everything it really i i feel almost any superhero movie ever i think really had the broadest appeal it really hit all the right marks yeah and you've and got Gwen Stacy. rich also had an opinion about uh still agreeing with dale as well about spider-man 2 <laughs> And let's see, I'm not sure when this comment was from, but just Rob saying, ah. Well, was a kitten. Well if, if he, well, if he likes, he says spiders are people, maybe he's just sad when that massive spider dies on top of the razor. There you go. Uh, <laughs> probably very emotional. We'll assume it was the kitten. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Ian was just a, hey, hey, yeah, sorry I didn't notice these when they happened because I was looking away from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, everybody. Glad hey, you joined us. Hey, hey, and then uh, back to Rob, uh, he asked, what were those similar spiders in Rebels called? I don't know. I, I, then, I think I'm not sure answering his own question, but he also, it was right after that that he posted Krikna. Krikna, yeah. I, I think they kind of retconned it to be the same species. The design was similar, but close mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> Both based on that same Macquarie painting. I, I think, think so. But we, 
we very much appreciate the the audience participation and hope pe more people watch us live oh. and get and can mm -hmm. you know ask these kind of questions and participate in the show. I'll I'll try to pay more attention to them when I can actually watch the screen directly. So is Cricknet kind of like Arachnid, maybe, but just kind of jumbled or something? Ooh, yeah, it uh, seems like it. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. I don't know if they were rebel or imperial spiders, but either way, <laughs> they can die. I think they were chaotic neutral at best. Right. <laughs> right. Non-aligned spiders. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, any more thoughts on on uh, chapter ten? It's a I chapter I feel would be best left closed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We this probably isn't one we need to revisit every year. I love the frog lady. Uh -huh. yeah. Always happy to see Pelly. <laughs> yeah. Nice to see our rebel pilots and have that ongoing story there. Or not rebel, sorry. Uh, uh, Republic pilots. New, yeah, right. New Republic, yep. And, you know, apart from, from Michael's issues with the, the episode, and it is, it's a fun episode and it's a neat sort of Star yeah. Wars goes hard. But at the same time, this episode does not appreciably move the story forward at all. No. It's Just a big like last distraction. week. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a huge no, it, in fact, pulls it back because it means obviously the next episode is going to have to be about him repairing the ship. Right. It's <laughs> exactly. true. So it we're not moving mean... forward anywhere without, without repairing the ship. So. Right. Yeah. Two steps backward, one step forward. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Such is the life of a Mandalorian on the move. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, next week uh, we uh, keep moving on with the broken ship story. Uh, Mando chapter 11, the heiress. Um no indication yet who the heiress is. We'll find out next week. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can join Frog us. Frog lady. Frog oh. lady off of the heiress. Oh, oh, yes, yes. It's so crucial that he brought her along. <laughs> She's going to grant him the frog fortune or something. Kiss her the eggs, all the, eggs uh, the child can eat. Yeah. Well, he'll have a frog army with all those. Mm -hmm. There we go. That'd be awesome. I, I can remember... Um, uh, Frogman and, and some Marvel comics where there were some giant frogs, uh, Marvel mm -hmm. fanfare days. Well, and they had a like a, a, a he was mostly a comic relief villain called I think he was called Frogman and he was in the She Hulk TV. Yeah, series. he was in She Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was great. <laughs> it was great in She Hulk. <laughs> Disney owns them both. I, I sense a crossover here. Well, you know, <laughs> Disney owns aliens too, so they could have just gone all out on this. And, um, and, and Kermit the Frog. Why not? Just put it all. <laughs> Just all possibilities are endless. The Frogiverse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, in between shows, you can join us on uh, Facebook at Rocky Mountain Fan Force. Uh, look for us at Binging the Force on all your podcast clients. Uh, you can buy our merch at bingingtheforce.myspreadshop.com. And we are on YouTube as well at binging the force so next week chapter 11 that's all i got see you guys <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit, take care everyone.